talking football, pro football talks. Mike Florio, our guest, and he joins us now on the Arizona Sports Line. Mike, good morning. How are you? Hey, how are you guys today? Doing well, thanks. Um, we've been talking a lot, uh, you know, leading up to Monday Night Football. Cardinals are still in this thing because of the log jam that exists in the in the NFC. But I'd like to get your thoughts on their place in that log jam. Uh, is it just happenstance, or you think they still have a chance to make some noise this season, Mike? Well, anybody who isn't mathematically eliminated has a chance. And I know that sounds trite and cliche, but we have seen time and again that a team hovering around 500 right around Thanksgiving gets hot for whatever reason, gets healthy, something clicks, players develop confidence, you get a good stretch of games, you get a lucky bounce. Confidence leads to more confidence. Teams sometimes peak too early. You know, I wonder whether or not the Vikings are putting it all together well before they really need to mm-hmm. if they want to try to be a Super Bowl contender. So there are a lot of things that can still go the Cardinals' way. But one of the keys is being as healthy as possible. We've seen time and again the teams that end up having the best seasons are the teams that stay the healthiest, and the teams that struggle through injury after injury after injury, they have a hard time being as good as they can be. So Cardinals aren't done yet, but they need to be as healthy as possible. And at some point, you just need to win games. And, you know, I I saw Aaron Rodgers say last night that they could win their final six games if they play up to their potential. Well, the problem is the other team is always trying to play up to its potential, too, and something's got to give. That's that's one of the great things about football, and the talent gap is unlike ever before in that there isn't one. So, yeah, I think the Cardinals could still do it. I think they should be happy to be at four and six. They have a vibe or have had a vibe this year that would suggest they'd be worse than four and six. So they're in a good spot. And if they can win a couple more and get to around 500 as December comes, they, they could they could get hot down the stretch. All right, let's talk about that vibe. For the first nine weeks, this offense in Arizona, as you're probably well aware, has just been, I mean, atrocious, I don't think is as strong enough of a word for, for just how much regression has taken place here. Colt McCoy comes in against a Rams team that was pretty disengaged, a Rams team that really doesn't have a whole lot going for them, and this offense looked different. It looked crisper, it wasn't great, but they found a way to win. What does that tell you about everything that's going on here in Arizona? What do you think of this situation between Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray? Well, and I'm not ready to say that the offense has regressed. I think the more accurate way to put it would be the rest of the NFL has has figured it out. It's a system. And a system that is always the same, that can work in college. It doesn't work in the NFL. In the NFL, matchups are critical. Film study is critical. Game planning is critical. And if you have devices in your offense that the defense can predict and figure out and devise ways to stop, if they can crack the code on what you're doing, What does your system then evolve to? You have to constantly be trying to stay ahead of the curve. You have to be scouting yourself and spotting your flaws and and changing things out before the defense figures out how to shut you down. And this is one of the criticisms I have of college coaches coming to the NFL because at the college level – If you just have better athletes, it doesn't matter what you're doing. You can call out your own plays to the other team, and they still can't stop you if you've got better athletes. At the NFL level, everybody's got better athletes. Everybody's got great players. And a system isn't going to get you to where you need to be. And when you consider Cliff Kingsbury had no coaching experience at the NFL level, 
how does he even begin to understand what it takes to, to truly prepare, you know, the Sean Payton, Bill Belichick way of methodically grinding and grinding and grinding. So I really think that's it. So you bring in a different quarterback and all that film you've been studying based on Kyler Murray is irrelevant. And then you get a little bit of a bump on a short-term basis with Colt McCoy. Now they can go back and look at last year's film, but still it's not the same as having the regular quarterback in there. And, and we'll see if it can last if Kyler Murray misses any more time. But I think, I think it's, it's that simple. It's a college offense in a pro game, and pro defenses are going to be more apt to figure it out. And I don't think they do enough to stay ahead of what the defenses have figured out to use against it. Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, our guest here on uh, Bickley and Murata Mornings. Uh, we've also been treated to two episodes of the Cardinals on Hard Knocks in season, only the second time the league has done this. Uh, and there was a situation uh, that, that you know popped up with the Cardinals with Eno Benjamin being released suddenly, and there's all kinds of rumors and speculation about it. We didn't see anything on Hard Knocks. We don't know if we're going to see anything next week. I'm wondering, because you're a guy who knows about the inner workings of the NFL. Heck, you wrote a book on the whole subject. Oh, yeah. How much knowledge do you have, Mike, on, on the level of editorial control that NFL teams have in, in the hard knocks process? It's complete and total. I've got a chapter in Playmakers about it. The only time that there was anything twice, that, that, that embarrassing moment when Antonio Cromartie struggles to remember the names of all of his kids. Mm-hmm. All the Jets had to say is we don't want that in there, and it wouldn't have been in there. That made him look bad, and that was unfortunate. And then in 2018, when Hugh Jackson was basically pulling the Al Haig card in the meeting room with the coaches, he and Todd Haley were going back and forth about whether or not you keep veteran players rested in training camp or use them. And Hugh Jackson thought it made him look good. It made him look inept. Um, but, but, yeah, the team has full and complete Control. It's not a true documentary. It's an infomercial. And frankly, I don't watch it for that reason. And my decision was vindicated when I saw someone tweet that in the first episode, the way that Cliff Kingsbury's departure was characterized from Texas Tech, it sounded voluntary, not you're fired. Uh And again, that's the benefit of being not just the subject of the quote unquote documentary. But the producer of the documentary, because NFL Films is the NFL, is the Cardinals and the other 31 teams. They are not going to produce something that gives us a real story. They're going to produce something that gives us the story that they want us to think is real. Mm. Very, very well said. Uh, And it also applies with Patrick Peterson, who went full on after the owner and the GM after that Minnesota game. Not a peep of that. And I thought, this is a guy that belongs in the Cardinals ring of honor, for goodness sakes. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you're right. Look, and and whether it's part of the deal that's done when you agree to do hard knocks or whether it's just implicit in the whole setup, you're never going to get anything that embarrasses the team. And and, and look, you know, the team doesn't have to say yes to it for the end season. I mean, they can tap people on the shoulder and make them do the – preseason hard knocks and they want to do this as a way to to make a team look good it's just we just have to right and and it's good that you guys are raising this because for 20 years now the nfl has had its own in-house media outlet nfl.com nfl network and i feel like so many fans don't realize that and i'm not saying don't rely on those resources i'm just saying make sure you understand what you're getting when you go there it's it's the house 
organ. It's the 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 the, the NFL with its own vehicle for presenting itself to the world. Of course, there are going to be things that aren't said that otherwise would be said, and of course, we're going to be fed a narrative that may not mesh with the way things really are. So it's it, it's just I'm not saying like I said, stay away from it. Don't watch Hard Knocks, but just understand that you're not going to get the whole story. Sure. Because it's the NFL giving you that story. Exactly. All right, finally, the NFC, you know, you, we've got some really good teams, some good stories, but what quarterbacks do you trust to seal the deal? I think you can ask that question in Minnesota, in Philly, in Dallas, up and down. Help make sense, uh, before we let you go, Mike, uh, of, of what you think is going to happen in the NFC in the coming five, six weeks. I suspect there are some very happy people in Minnesota this morning now that the Packers are four and seven and maybe one loss away from being done and they go to Philadelphia in nine days. Because the last thing you want to do is go, you know, 13 and four, end up as the two seed and have Aaron Rodgers and the Packers come to town as the seventh seed. That would not be a good way to start the playoffs if you're Minnesota Vikings. And and I'll take it a step farther now. Now that it looks like we can probably begin the process of scratching off the Packers. The Buccaneers are going to win the NFC South. I can't imagine the Falcons. That team that we saw eight days ago against the Panthers, that team's not catching the Buccaneers. Look at how the Buccaneers are figuring things out. Now that Tom Brady's put some of the bigger personal issues behind him, he's been playing better. The team's been playing better. They're going to get in as the fourth seed. They won the Super Bowl two years ago as the five seed. Uh-huh. Tom Brady and Kirk Cousins, well, I, 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 now look, I, the thing about the Vikings that's confounding is they're changing narratives before our very eyes. They did it with that that roller coaster through a fun house in a haunted house, and it was every <laughs> carnival ride thrown into one in the second half of that game and overtime on Sunday. So maybe Cousins is changing, but – Tom Brady versus Kirk Cousins. Tom Brady versus Jimmy Garoppolo. Tom Brady versus Geno Smith. We just saw that movie. Tom Brady versus Jalen Hurts. Yep. I, I, Tom Brady's got 47 career playoff games. 47. <laughs> His next one will be 48, the equivalent of three old-school 16-game seasons wow. of just single elimination, winner-go-home games. I, I'm telling you, it's you know it's exciting to have all these new teams in the mix, and the Eagles are great, and the Vikings are doing well, and the Seahawks are unexpectedly good. Yada yada yada. Wait till it's time for Tommy and company to show up and and remind everyone who's boss when January rolls around. I think all those playoff teams in the NFC uh, should be very concerned about what Tom Brady can do in the postseason. Mike, fantastic stuff as yeah. always. Thanks so Thank much you, for brother. joining us. Have a great weekend. We'll talk soon.